Hi, this is DiCarlo, and you are tuned in to All Flavors Radio with Wimbo and Natural Lily on the Drive Time Show from 6 p.m. to 8. Don't be late. You know what I hear? I hear the clock ticking. And time waits for no man. Life goes by, and it goes by quick. Don't waste those years. Don't waste them. Live them. I want you to be terrified of sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing. Waking up in six days or six weeks or six years or 60 years and being no closer to your goal. You've made no progress. That is the nightmare. That is what you really need to be afraid of, being stagnant. So get up and go. That idea isn't going to execute itself. That book isn't going to write itself. Those weights out in the gym, they aren't going to move themselves. You have to do it and you have to do it now. Don't wait anymore. Don't think anymore. Don't plan anymore. Don't contemplate anymore. Don't make any more excuses or justifications. Don't rationalize anything else. No. Take the risk. Take the gamble. Take the first step. Take action now. No complacency. No backing off. No slack whatsoever. No more dreaming. Dreaming is over. I need specifics. What are you doing on Monday? What are you doing on Tuesday? What are you doing on Wednesday? You need to be very specific. It's time to put your pieces together of your puzzle. You need to be in a big damn hurry. Time is running out on you. There's 86,400 seconds in a day. The separator between me and you and people that win and lose is what we do with those seconds. And you're too slow. You're too casual. You think too much. You need to get in a hurry because there's an end to your life and it's coming sooner than you think. It goes by in a flicker and at some point it's going to be over. And we want to make a conscious, deliberate, determined effort to start living life with a sense of urgency and using what we've got, using ourselves up, sharing what we brought into the universe to share. Because if we don't, nobody else will. Stop wasting valuable time. If we begin to live our lives as if each day were our last, our lives will take on a whole new meaning. When you die, when life is over for you, I don't want you to have one idea left in you. I don't want one dream left in you. When you die, I want you to go for broke. Every CD that you were supposed to do, every book you were supposed to write, I want you to get everything out your system. We get one shot at this gig right here, life. So do not wait, go forward. No more waiting for the perfect moment, and no more indecision, and no more lies. Take the action. Get out of bed, get your feet on the ground, step forward. Give every day everything you've got. Every ounce of energy, every bead of sweat, every drop of blood until your last breath. And don't let another day slip by. Me say the sense, baby, since we've been together.
Saying a pleasant good evening to everyone out there in All Flavours Land. How are you doing? I am Wimbo77. And I'm Naturally Lily. Naturally Lily in the studio. How are you, Naturally Lily? <laughs> Tired? <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And it's so crazy. As soon as we start, I've been here sitting, getting prepared. And as soon as you get ready to go, it says update. And you're scared not to touch anything because oh, everything will just go about its business yeah, so mine just said that too whew, said, um do that a bit later so it's been quite a mild day today i thought found it quite warm a lot warmer than it has been anyway yeah it was very warm when i got in usually the first thing i do is turn my fan heat run mm. <laughs> in the office did you need it today nope all day it's been off yeah it's, it's been, been nice and also uh it's getting lighter yeah it's getting a lot lighter so that's yeah. that's awesome as well so lots of things to look forward to really haven't we mm-hmm. and um tonight we have a lady named sharon smith from isocan coming on to the show with us and we're going to talk about mental health and really um what her organization does because it's a very very good organization and she's you know kind of getting it up and off the ground so we're going to look into that but the first thing I think, well, it's Pancake Shrove Tuesday. Pancake Day. Any of you guys out there making pancakes? Why are you looking at me like that? Because you have time to make pancakes, that's when it will work. The girls no, do like them for breakfast. So yes, I, I make them for them occasionally. But And mum, mum loves pancakes. Whenever I go around, she always wants pancakes. Oh, you go and make some pancakes for me. Yes, <laughs> they mom. had pancakes on Sunday with their dad, so. Oh, nice. I was at work and he made them pancakes. See, there you go. There you go. So... Again, just like Valentine's Day. <laughs> you can have it any day. Every day is Pancake Day. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. Yeah. So kicking off with the show, because we do have lots to speak about. Just one more point when it comes to Black History Month. Mm-hmm. It's Fred- Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. And on this day, back in 1857, he was elected the president of the Freeman Bank and Trust. And it says he was elected president of the Freedman Bank and Trust 1857. And that's awful. Uh, awful. That's awesome because Frederick Doug- Douglass was an es- escaped slave who mm-hmm. became prominent activist. Mm-hmm. And he was an author and a public speaker. And he became a leader in the abolition movement. <laughs> which sought to end the practice of slavery before and during the Civil War. Mm. So a very powerful man. Mm. So he became the president of Freeman Bank and Trust in 1857 on the 16th of February. Very good. Yeah, as we are celebrating, again, Black History Month, US, but again, every month is Black History Month. Just thought that we'd throw that one in there. And he, being an escapee to... uh, president of a bank i think that's an amazing feat that's a great achievement imagine i wonder if he could have ever seen that be in his future and it was Mm. goes to show that you know anything if we put our our heart and our effort into anything then it is achievable and that's what that motivation said isn't it why waste time we have time to do it when you have that power and the time to do it that we should do it right Mm, yeah definitely so moving on then I saw this article in Al Jazeera about Chad, about Chad, Mm -hmm. and how they've um, deployed 1,200 troops to quell the Sahil violence. Mm -hmm. Now, doing the 
digging a bit deeper, I was wondering why is there so much war in Chad? Mm-hmm. And from what I could gather, because they've deployed all these people, they said first of all, they said it's a very poor country. Yeah. And then it's unique because it has diversity. There's over 200 and odd languages spoken there. Mm. But this was the kicker for me, was that it's um, meant to be the poorest and most corrupt country, one of the most corrupt countries in the world. And most of its inhabitants live um, in poverty. Mm -hmm. But its primary source of export and earnings is cotton (laughs) and oil. Funny that, isn't it? Mm. That they got quite a yeah. They got quite a good product. They've obviously um, are a country that they can be sourced from, mm. um, and they are one of the poorest. It says that, but it does say because of the surrounding countries. I think yeah, that's where they get a lot of the poverty from as well, from people um, most probably trying to escape the countries that they are coming from. Yeah. Yeah, and they're living in poverty because of wars in the surrounding countries. Then they're coming into Chad, adding to the um, poverty in that country also. Because I'm sure it said that they had the best, or one of the best, um, what's it called, military, one of the best military systems. I yeah. think that's the right word. Why, in one of the in the G five countries. Ooh, but why military? You know, it says it, it says the reduction. They've had a reduction of the, their military. Yeah, in the um, in the presence, but obviously they've now um, deployed these twelve hundred troops, mm. and it is a on the border of the zone of France. So there's a lot going because I know in those areas there's lots of. Uh, oil like it said cotton that's mm-hmm. very interesting cotton i didn't even associate cotton with being africa the americas yeah. yeah without being outside the Af- americas but um, um burkina faso faso is it chad mali, mali mm. mauritania niger and france are holding talks on the future of their military campaign against the violent groups in sahel so it's it's Sometimes I, I wonder, because the UN's in there as well, because mm. it says the UN's killed thousands and displaced millions. The reasons why they're there and why... No, I don't think it said the UN has killed thousands. Mm. I think it said that from... Um, according to the UN. Yeah, yeah according to the UN, mm. the violent groups in Sahel have killed thousands and displaced more than two million. Yeah. Um, but... I don't, I don't, I've never even heard of this place, to be honest. Chad? I've heard of Chad, but Sahel, mm. I don't know that's where that is. Obviously in Chad, mm. I'm assuming. Um, but I don't even know there was war in this country. Yeah. Chad plans to deploy troops to combat armed groups in a violent, in violence wrapped Sahel border zones as France eyes a reduction of its military presence in the far so France wants to take their um military out okay that's what it's saying France wants to take their military out whereas the other countries are looking to boost up their military presence in that country again it's going back to the war Mm. and we I I thought why are they warring digging a little bit deeper you see the resources that are there yeah so 
this is an, and it's meant to be one of the most corrupt mm. countries in Africa as well as to why all this warring is going on in Africa because when I mean we've been and they're quite very peaceable people actually they're Who? very Chad peaceable people. the African people yeah but you you just because someone's peaceable doesn't mean there's not going to be war in their country. Mm. And one of the things it says is that it's known as the Babel Tower of the world. So it has a lot of diversity, loads of different ethnic groups coming into the country, mm. over 100 languages spoken. Um, but doesn't matter whether you're a peaceable person or not, that doesn't stop your... It's not the people that are warring, it's the, the government that's warring, isn't it? And the I guess the... Because they've got vassals, I guess, in there. But it's the... The actual, like it says, France, for instance, wants to take military out. What's France still doing there? Or what well, are some of the other ones? A, it's most probably, um, what's it called? You know, like how the America, Americans have gone into wherever they've gone into. Yeah, they, that's most probably France going in and supporting the military in that country to try and calm things down. Because they were under their rule. Let's, let's face it. Let's face it that a lot of Africa is divided up mm. by Europe. Mm. And Africans don't own Africa. When we think about it, well, they're taking back the country. I know that much. Well, that's good to hear. I'm really glad to hear that. I don't understand that. how you can't you own a piece of land. Like you just a lot of the countries are are were what's the word um, conquered yeah. by the French, the the Spanish, British, the British, yeah. the Portuguese. Because it says that the two official languages there are Arabic and French. Mm. Um, and I think throughout time, there will always be a presence of those um, remaining of colonizers. Yeah. But I do see a lot of the African countries kind of taking back control of their their land. Mm. Mm. So I found that quite interesting, Chad. Mm. And just to see again we here thank god we're not in a war-torn country mm. but these things are still going on mm. all over tunisia's had uprisings yeah. in ethiopia again there's uprisings as well mm. and a lot of displacement a lot of people are being displaced mm. because of this and we're thinking what okay we uh techno living in a technological age Again, though, with the mobile phones, you need cobalt to to run them. Mm -hmm. And hence, again, going back to Africa, digging up of all the natural resources. Mm -hmm. So living in this technological age, we've got to get the resources from somewhere. Sadly, a lot of it does fall on Africa. Mm -hmm. Africa doesn't belong to the Africans. It belongs to the Europeans to a degree because it has been dished up. It doesn't belong to anyone. It belongs it, well, to Well, it the does, but, but we know <laughs> colonised or... or taken over yeah. should we say is that better way of saying it yeah. so this is a the reason why we end up with war and all this wickedness that's going on i mean what do you think of that concept of like owning a a, a portion of the globe as in mm. you know how how we've gone into a country and just said okay we're here now it's ours i don't understand the concept of owning land I don't Do you know understand I mean? the concept of owning people, but it's it is it goes right back to that supremacist, isn't it? It goes back to the conqueror, 
mm. and the conquered. Mm. And I think that's that's what it what it is. But it's just possibly just done in a different way. But everyone's always been a, a, a conqueror or a conqueror. And someone made a point the other day about, um, you know, as people, we like to call ourselves kings and queens. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw this post. And the lady said, I don't know why we're so fixed on being called a queen, being called a king, because that is a descendant of someone who stole heritage from someone else. And when you look back in when you look back in history, a king tends to be the descendant of someone who overthrew someone else and okay. stole their land or stole their belongings, so to speak. And I thought that was quite an interesting concept because we always talk about um, the colonisers coming in and taking our, our land. Um, it just, uh, just the concept itself, just... Mm. It's interesting. I guess from starts it again. It's going back, like we said, conquer, conqueror. Mm. Who's the strongest? Who's the weakest? Yeah. And because there's a big divide mm. between poor and rich now mm. as well. I guess there's always been that big divide yeah. as well. And ruler and the ruled. And the ruled. Yeah. Why does anyone have to be governed? Well, we do need some form of governing in order to have some form of peace and being able to go about our everyday life mm. but it's just the way that it's done in a lot of instances so yeah chad and they've um deployed 1200 troops there and hopefully i mean i don't i've not heard of this i've i've, I've kind of heard little things like whispers way back when but never really looked into it I've never heard about Chad being at war. I've never heard about it being a poor country. Mm. Um, but then I guess it's interest. What you, not really someone that goes and finds these kind of things interesting. You hear about like the war in Sudan or the war mm. in um, and Syria Sudan as well. and things like that. Yeah. Because it's plastered everywhere and you need to wonder again, we've spoken about this before, why is it plastered everywhere? Yeah. Why do we need to see all it's of all this? It's related though. It must all be. Yeah, it it's must all related. All be. And there must be a reason why now mm. this um, war in Chad has been brought up somewhere. Yeah. Um, bringing people's attention to their natural resources, obviously, yeah. like you said, that they are, um, uh, since 2003, crude oil has been the country's primary source of export earnings. Mm. Um it, 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 it does... The thing is, in the article, it didn't say about the oil and the cotton. Mm. It's, I just had to think, well, why are they fighting? I had to like dig at that bit deeper and say, well, what's so important as to why there would be war mm. in that specific area? And that's what was... What came Sierra Leone's the same with, with the young soldiers. Yeah. With the diamonds. There's, there, where there's war, there's more than likely always resource. going to be a resource there yeah. that someone's fighting over. Yeah. And... The, the ones that are holding the guns or the ones that are having to be displaced are the losers in it all. Mm. Because whoever's going in and giving them, where did they get the guns from? Mm. You've got to ask ourselves, because they're not making them in Africa, are they? So where did they come from? And it's all just like a... You know, some um, in the cartoons you see this king. I can't remember. I think it's Beauty, Sleeping Beauty. Mm. And he's got a board... And he, they're plotting like, all right, yeah. And they've got um, little toy soldiers and they're yeah, fighting. Yeah. That is what it kind of comes Makes into my head of. when I see, yeah. you know, all these divisive 
actions. Mm. So that's one thing in breaking news, beautiful people. Another thing is the Mental Health Act. Yeah, and they're thinking of um, reforms to make making reforms to the Mental Health Act. Good. Because there's more, again, I remember last time you said it's not a them and us situation, but there are more displaced black people that can just be taken off the roads and put in sectioned. Mm. And there's a fight to kind of work work for these ones that are taken and sectioned. And it was NHS, in- NHS England, did I read that correctly, that made that... Um they identified that it was more uh, black males that were the ones that were being detained and sectioned Mm. in comparison to, you know, the others. And this current law has not been changed or reviewed since 1983. That's a long time. 83, yeah. That's a very, that's almost 40 years. Yeah. It's almost 40 years. So it says there's... It's an effort, the, the reform is for an eff, in an effort to tackle the inequalities faced by black, Asian and minority ethnic individuals. I hate that word minority because we're not minority, we're actually a majority. And it, and I mean, that's a good thing that they're recognising it and they're mm. going to tackle it. Because this young fellow that we're looking at, Tom, he says he was diagnosed with bipolar so bipolar is that really? I know it's a mental health mm. illness, um, and he was diago- He said he was diagnosed with it eight years ago, mm-hmm. and believes that the changes to the act can't come too soon yeah. because he was sectioned. Yeah. yeah, and I think what they're doing is using prisons as a place to, um, in air quotes, as a place of safety, and the the new. Um, plan is that they will no longer be able to use prisons as places of safety under the new reforms. Instead, judges will be required to work closely with a medical professional mm. to ensure that descend, uh, defendants can be directly transported to a healthcare facility from court. And I think that is so important because it's interesting when someone commits quite a heinous crime, they can use the argument of mental health mm. to get themselves put in uh, mental health hospitals yeah. and they won't get put in prison whereas someone who's been detained for maybe being erratic because they are bipolar and they're having they're going through crisis yeah. they automatically put that person in prison without thinking you know what is the history of this person mm. um, and it is people without a medical education that are making those decisions when actually they do need to be t- talking to the healthcare professionals to see you know, work closely with them and see what the best kind of um, okay. treatment pathway is. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's not, like you said, it, uh, committing a crime and being ill, mm. two totally different things. Mm. Yet you're being penalised for being ill, yeah. but then you're going, you get your cell, you get your three meals a day and not really looked at if you commit something, a serious crime to a degree. Mm. In this country, because mm. I know in other countries it's different, and that you're almost like babysat mm. as opposed to someone with mental health or me- mental illness, should we say, and they're taken, sectioned mm. and left to the vices of whoever. Like you said, a lot of them are um, imprisoned, aren't they? And yeah. I, I found it quite amazing um, looking through the, the document that it's, um, yes, black and ethnic minorities, but as well as disabled. Yeah. There's another 
autism and learning area. And autism, I, I was really shocked to see that mm. because we know autism, that it is a, even different, a whole different, it's not, it has nothing to do with mental health. Mm. That is just a condition that someone may be born with mm. and they've got to live with it. Mm. But then under the Mental Health Act, they're, they're at the, the moment as it stands, that they're not seen in that way. I think because autism is such a broad spectrum, mm. um, you can almost have function those that are functioning in society, but have their little quirks that make them make it known that they may be autistic. Mm. And then you've got someone at the other side of the spectrum that is really they have to be regimented, they have to be, you know, stick to certain things, otherwise they will lash out. Mm. And I think because people don't understand um, yeah. what that is, like we, as educators, we can do additional training that will, you know, help us support someone with autism or help yeah. us support someone with a learning difficulty. Whereas do they provide the same things with those uh, policemen, for example, who are dealing with this person who just seems like they're being really erratic mm. and saying the same thing over and over and over and over again do they understand why that person's acting the way they are mm. most probably they don't care but you know but are they putting them into a the bracket the... then because I, I, I know I've worked for the National Autistic Society and we've done intensive intensive like training mm. in order to understand about people you know young people with autism and it's not something to be... It's very... It goes really deep. Mm. And like you said, the, the spectrum is quite vast. I think everyone's on the spectrum at some somewhere. Uh, but it goes quite vast. And you get the functioning, highly functioning ones that maybe have Asperger's. Yeah. They're fine. But yes, they were, the, the, where I worked, there were some scary people. Yeah. But once you know how to deal with them, but then you've been trained, like you said, the police I, possibly don't have that training. I do feel... That the training programme for the police force, and if anyone is aware of, of anything different, please call in and text in and let us know. Mm. But I do feel that their training is not as extensive um, as it could be. I mean, you have to train three years to get a law degree, basic, and then you've got to do an additional however many years to become a lawyer. Mm. Whereas to become a police officer, you, do you do 18 months? You, I, no I don't idea. even think you do 18 months. I have no idea. Does anyone out there know how long it takes to train to become a police officer? Number is 07895 Or come and join us in the chat room and type in the chat what you think. Does anyone know out there how long it takes to train to be a police officer? We might find that um, information soon enough. But um, yeah, so Chad and reforms to the Mental Health Act uh, are things that are on the agenda. And obviously it's quite sad as regards to the war situation in Chad. But let's hope that we see something different. Yes, Lily? To join the police force. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> You have to demonstrate your fitness, your fitness, and pass a medical test. So you've got to be healthy-ish. Successful applicants will then undergo a training program lasting between how long? Three weeks 
and three months. Stop. You may later decide to apply to become a police officer or continue your PSCO. So I'm going to read a bit more and I'm going to wow. come back to you. But three months. Three months to, to be in the police force. Wow. So now, now that makes a lot of sense as to the people that join. Not everybody. I'm not tying everyone with the same bus, um, brush. But the ignorance behind it. Because uh, you do find that some of them are quite ignorant. Yes, Lily. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I apologise. I'm reading this as I go. Okay, so in 2020, they made a major change to the recruitment process. Mm. Meaning that they'll have to have at least, a de- at least a degree level qualification. Okay. By the time they complete probation. So... They can start working for the police within that three week to three month time period. Mm. And during their probation period, they will have to gain a degree. Wow. I'm going to read a bit more. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to you on that one because that's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. So shouting out to everyone out there in the chat room, everyone on TuneIn all our download listeners and everyone around the world do stick with us and we'll see you in five. Auch in Deutschland hören wir All Flavors Radio. Die beste Musik rund um die Uhr. All Flavors Radio plays what you want to hear when you want to hear it 24/7. Have you ever wondered what therapy is and how it can help with our mental well-being? To find out more, please join me every week on the Wednesday for the Wednesday Wellbeing Show 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. on All Flavors Radio with Darnell the therapist. Hi, I am Wimbo and this is Naturally Lily. Join us every Tuesday evening between 6 and 8 for the Drive Time Radio Show. Where we talk about things that are for us, by us, on current events and matters of the heart. Allflavorsradio.com. See you in the chat room. This is a very important health message. My name is Errol McKellar, MBE. I am a prostate cancer survivor and founder of the charity, the Errol McKellar Foundation. Do you know that over 47,000 men a year are diagnosed with prostate cancer? Do you also know that over 11,000 men also die of prostate cancer? That means that one man will die every 45 minutes. Do you also know that one in eight European men will die of prostate cancer? But more frighteningly, that one in four Afro-Caribbean men will die of prostate cancer. But the truth is, Prostate cancer doesn't care about your colour. Prostate cancer doesn't care about your wealth. Prostate cancer doesn't care about you. What prostate cancer will do, if you ignore it, it will kill you. At the Errol McKellar Foundation, our aims and mission is to talk with as many men and their partners as possible to ensure they are fully aware of the dangers posed by prostate cancer, recognising potential symptoms and know about the available tests and information. We want to stop men from dying through ignorance and fear. For more details, please visit www.theerolmckellarfoundation.com foundation.com or email temf2018 at gmail.com please remember that health is your wealth all flavors radio the best music from around the world and now here comes the music oh yeah with you tonight. sweet tones of brenda russell there and that first track was Peebo bryson reaching for the sky all right so tonight we are focusing a lot on mental health 
and really how important it is to maintain our mental health. Now, I know that we do have our therapist, Darnell, that comes on and speaks as regards to this as a therapist. I myself, I'm a life coach and wellness um, person as well as a teacher and really know the importance of looking after our mental health. So at this point, I'd like to invite um, onto the show is Sharon. Sharon, are you out there? I am. Hi, everyone. Awesome. Lovely to hear you. Lovely to hear you. And thanks for coming on tonight. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to come and talk about, learn more about what you guys are doing, but also share about what I'm doing, the work that I'm doing in the community as well. So thank you. Fantastic. So would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself then? Okay, so my name is Sharon, as Natasha has said, um, and I live in North London and have done for a number of years. Um, I am caring for my mum who has dementia and I've been doing that for around two years. In July last year, I gave up my job as a health and wellbeing manager to look after my mum full time and adapting to my new role is certainly challenging um, with some days being easier than others. Mm -hmm. So stress of caring for my mum as well as COVID um, where for most of us for most of 2020 that many of us have faced new levels of fear, anxiety, and feelings of hopelessness, which has largely affected how we've then been able to manage both our mental health and our well-being. Mm. Um, I think largely the coping mechanisms that we had pre-COVID, we suddenly and for a long time haven't been able to have access to them. So like going to the gym, going to the sauna, um, going shopping even. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's quite amazing, isn't it? How we've just been kind of, it almost feels like we've been thrown into this whole situation. Absolutely, and absolutely. It's a matter of, initially it was a, a novelty, right? Because, wow, everyone's home. But then when the reality set in, isn't it? Yeah. That is when I think a lot of people, first, first wave, fine, people kind of got through it but now mm-hmm. we're a year on now aren't we mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know I know that you uh your ISO can is your company isn't it it is yeah um I did some research and the center for mental health they estimated that in the coming months and years mm. up to 8.5 million adults are going to need support mm. around mental health mm. um which is phenomenal. So I set up ISACAN Mental Health and Wellbeing. It's an online face-to-face information training and support service Mm. for anyone that's experiencing a mental health crisis. Um, For people who are in fear of developing mental health issues and also for families, friends, anyone who's interested in learning more about mental health Mm. and then helping to reduce the stigma because there's stigma still very much exists um, around mental health 
because mm, we um, sorry sorry go on Natasha so because we just spoke about that reform of the mental health act they're speaking about that now mm. absolutely yeah. absolutely I think again the <sighs> we know the black people that we are four times more likely to be sectioned mm. under the mental health act mm. and i think the conversation that you guys were having about um the police yeah. um and their ability to support people who may be demonstrating some kind of trauma mm. is zero um you've read and realized how the training the training mm. that you need to be able to join the police force and start serving is minimal. Yeah. So police officers don't tend to know how to deal with people who are exhibiting any kind of distress, crisis, yeah. which may not necessarily be a full-blown mental health crisis. Mm, it, may, mm. it may just be somebody that is... Um, just, just going through someone, a traumatic or a difficult period. Yeah, yeah. As a lot of people, I think we'll find that, well, we do find it when we're going out just about our everyday to day ways of business, that people are very highly strung. Yeah. They're very mm-hmm. highly strung. And also mm-hmm. another group of people that uh, I've I found this out recently uh, that are going to need that a mental sort of stimulation or health or wealth are the young people absolutely children and young people are are said to be some of the worst off that have gone through this whole time period and there that is the gap that is where we need more uh practitioners more people that that you know therapists whatever to help the youngsters as well so there's have a lot of work to do right I absolutely, I agree with you. I, um, since November, mm. I've been doing a Friday live chat on Zoom, mm. a two-hour session where people can just talk about the struggles that they're facing during lockdown, mm. um, get peer support, learn well-being tips, and have a laugh. Yeah. So we have a, a mixed bunch of people. We've got people from education, teachers who are talking about their own burnout mm. um them not having a, a clear sense of what excuse me about what's going to happen next mm. um also anxiety about um being told before this last lockdown that they would then have to undergo training to start testing um kids in schools wow. um so there was anxiety about that um we have parents on the chat who are talking about um, their kids. I got so used to staying inside, mm. um, so used they're taking lessons inside, sat in front of a computer, um, not seeing their friends. Mm. So they are losing social skills yeah. Yeah. as well. Um, and as you guys have said, feeling more isolated. Yeah. I totally agree with you um uh one of the women on the chat she's a senior welfare education officer and she said that um mental health amongst young people in secondary education has shot through the roof yeah. it is 
and we can understand why. I, so what we... I am um, really, really finding what you're saying interesting because I am an educator and I'm a parent. And mm -hmm. as an educator, we were forced to put all of our work online. Mm -hmm. And I really, really enjoy teaching from home. I thought the first time round, it was great. I loved being in my comfort zone. Um, yeah. And then now seeing the kind of knock-on effect that it's had on the majority of my students. Initially, yeah. I was just kind of like, well, we've all had to get used to it, you know, kind of we should just get used to this new way of of, of working. Um, but then also myself dealing with anxiety traveling mm -hmm. it's you have to take a step back and actually be like oh do you know what as much as that experience was okay in the beginning having to deal with this long term it's just not it's it's it's, it's it can't go on like this long term mm. it's gonna be such a challenge and I think that as educators in mm. that sense that it's the motivation because I remember you saying like some of your students they're just so unmotivated yeah. and when you start going into depression that is obviously one sign isn't it Sharon yeah. is the, the yeah. lack of motivation and all Absolutely. these things are, are things that kind of are telltale signs mm. that your Absolutely. mental health is being questioned mm. Absolutely yeah. again I know of a parent who um, makes up a shopping list mm. just to give it to her teenage son to get outside wow. um, just to get some fresh air, mm. just to see other people. Because as we know that we're living in a computerized age mm. and young people are more likely to have PlayStation, more mm. likely, so they're already spending enough time inside. Mm. But with these lockdowns, mm. um, but it's just compounded everything yeah. that... I think even for some people, um, even for myself at times, I think getting out of bed mm. is my achievement for the mm. day mm -hmm. um, because sometimes it is just so difficult. Mm. If you listen to the news, people are talk about the misinformation, the confusion, mm. all the different stuff that's put on social media. So all of this and having to wear a mask, um, mm. being... Yeah. In recent weeks, this vaccine being pushed and pushed and you're getting calls and texts to come and get this vaccine. Um, again, it's all compounding on people's mental health yeah. and making it much, much harder, even when lockdown does, when it's lifted, mm. I think the work of many, many organisations like myself is to encourage people to go back outside yeah. because there is a fear. We have developed a fear of going outside mm -hmm. and that's going to take a lot you of see work it. over a long period of time. Yeah, you see it when you go to the supermarket. Like people are like, don't, don't be near me, don't mm. stand near me. And it's before, yeah. you know, we had that connection. Now that connection seems to have been lost, doesn't it? Mm. And people are just fearful. But on another flip side is people don't want to talk about it. Some do, because I know that you, your group, I've been in your group, it's been an amazing group. Uh, but some people, they're just like, oh, no more COVID kind of thing, you know, Lily? I found the conversation at work to be quite challenging, to be honest, mm. the sense that the fact that the vaccine conversation really infuriates me. Um because everyone's entitled to their opinion and 
and mm. their choice. Um, the conversation of mental health. I've got quite a supportive manager who actually really understands the way that my mind works because I've worked for really? her for a very long time. Um, so she she notices all my triggers and that kind of stuff. Um, but there are others that I work around that have absolutely no, their people skills just in general are poor. Um, and then when it comes to that empathy towards those who may have the fear of, um, you know, changing departments, the, the, the NHS, we've had a mass redeployment in, in mm-hmm. our area. And that itself is traumatic, given that you're not been trained to work in certain areas. And then you're thrown in the deep end to then work with patients who are positive COVID patients. And if you are that way inclined, you really do get overly anxious overly depressed and then you've got to have that conversation with a manager that does not understand Mm. what mental health is and I found that to be extremely challenging at work just to listen not not personally my experience but to listen to the conversations that are being had about about people's mental health Mm. by people that don't understand the concept of mental health it's been a challenge and that's another problem isn't it we're going to look at an an article a little bit later on as to someone whose mental health was challenged at work Mm. and we're going to see what the result of that was and do you find then ones that have had to go back into work Sharon that 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 their their levels of anxiety and stress have risen what would you say I think it's been some people have um, looked forward to just going into work one day a week just mm. to break up their day yeah. because your home has become your office, yeah. your playground and everything else. So there's been some people, there's been other people who um, have gone into work, have had underlying health issues mm. and I was told one story that absolutely it astounded me that somebody who worked in um with children um was working from home and was contacted works for the nhs and was contacted by her manager who said um you know we don't want you to be working from home any longer so we're going to redeploy you and um, she was given, I believe it was three different options. Mm. And one was to um, work support nurses that were going into homes that people had passed away from COVID mm-hmm. and to help strip the nurses of their PPE once they've come out of these homes. Another was to help um, potentially bag up corpses um that's just phenomenal that's mm. i think if you have my fear is that if you have um if you're not able to speak up speak to, to uh, speak up for yourself yeah. or if you don't have the support of uh, a manager that i'm sure that many people in the workplace have been asked to do things that mm. they would ordinarily not be asked to do mm. and are in fact legal um but i'm sure it's going on i i have had colleagues who our training does not prov- it doesn't involve certain um areas of healthcare mm-hmm. and i've had colleagues who were redeployed to a and e who saw some extra 
not so much COVID related, but some extremely traumatic mm-hmm. um, things. Their experiences were heart wrenching, um, mm-hmm. and I, the second time we've been through this redeployment, my manager called me, um, mm-hmm. and she said, "Look, we're shutting down again, and everyone's being redeployed." And the first, the first thing that came up in my mouth was, "Oh my god, I'm, I'm not being redeployed, am I?" Mm. And she's like, "No, because we, we need you where you are." But I, from the stories that have come back from the first time around, I'm actually very shocked that some of those that went through that experience the first time were able to go back into some of the areas that they've gone back mm. into because uh, the, we're not trained. We're not trained to work Absolutely. in a We're not trained to see death. We're not trained to, you know, clean a corpse. That is Absolutely. not what we're trained to yeah. do. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so this is, again, is going to affect the health. So we got like two categories here, isn't it? The ones that are stuck indoors mm. and the ones that are having to deal with really distressing situations yeah. that... From, from the workplace yeah. and this could be it bullying be, be it having to do work that they're just not not trained to do so and also as well yeah. and also as well i think it's important not to forget that i think it was in in june last year mm. that the health secretary that's when there was this black people are more likely to die from covid mm. so people are thinking if i'm more susceptible why are you then putting me in a frontline role where I am more vulnerable. Mm. So again, that adds to people's anxieties, people's fears, which then impacts obviously on people's abilities to then do their jobs, Mm. which then creates all sorts of other issues. Mm. Well, stay stay with that point there, Sharon. We're going to have a quick break and then we'll come back. So stay on the line and then we'll continue the conversation, yeah? Okay. Okay. okay, see you in a minute. Dinah Ross, sweet love, hangover. Okay, so before the, the break, we were speaking to Sharon from ISACAN Mental Health and Wellbeing. And um, Sharon... Sharon, hi. Hi, my dear. Right? <laughs> yeah, so just following on from the, the conversation that we've been having, um, what inspired you to work in this field of mental health? I think um, in the black community, I think that stigma exists in the community at wide around mental health. I think um, growing up, that there was always somebody that you would term as being like sick with their head. Um, I don't think we really and truly understood mental health um, and didn't embrace it. So I think that all the work that I've done so far, um, I've had like over 20 years experience of supporting um, vulnerable adults and um, my qualifications, my studies, everything has been around um, supporting people and developing people. So um, I am a person-centred counsellor. Mm. I have a master's degree in change management. I'm a qualified mental health first aid instructor and I've got a postgrad in leadership and management. So putting all of that together and um 
the work that I've previously done, this just seemed the, the most natural thing mm. in the world for me to do. So it is about empowering people. Absolutely. It's about um, recognizing that you can live with a mental, you can have a mental health issue mm. and be well. Yeah. Um, that the the spectrum that was a thousand years ago, it isn't the same where it was, you're either well or unwell. Mm. Now you can have a mental health issue, you can live a full life, you can go on holiday, you can work, you can do absolutely everything. But what's paramount is that people remain well. Yes. And that's what I promote. It's about remaining well. And particularly during this time, mm. this is the most challenging time that any of us have ever faced. Our parents have faced. Mm. Um, so it's about developing new coping mechanisms. Absolutely. So that was my next question to you then. So how can you can you give us any tips on maintaining well, our think- health, our mental health? I think it's about, really, it's about being gentle with yourself. Mm. It's about doing only as much as you feel able to do in any one day um, to not push yourself. Um, I know that the Open University is giving a range of free courses, um, online courses, some for as little, as short as three hours, Mm. others for longer periods. So... Now it's the time to really engage, um, engage your mind to keep your mind active. Absolutely. Drink lots of water yeah. um, because it hydrates your mind and your body. Um, go for short walks or take other regular exercise. Yeah. Exercise improves your moods, reduces isolation, loneliness, and can put you in touch with other people. Mm. And in particular, I think, Pay attention to how you're feeling. Um, be able to understand what your own triggers are. Mm. And this can enable you to access professional help earlier, which then leads to a faster recovery. Yep. Um, don't be afraid to talk to your GP. Um, and equally, talk to somebody that you trust about yep. what's troubling you. Um, getting support from somebody else um is a really good feel good Mm -hmm. um thing and um to understand that there's also other people that are that are out there that can help um join my friday live chat we are a very sociable fun understanding group made up of people from all over the world different walks of life people with mental health issues um professionals but what ties us together is that we're all going through the same thing so if it can help contact me um yeah where can we find yeah, you and let's keep talking where can Sorry? we find you right you can find me under isacan mental health and well-being on facebook um you can access free tickets to my friday live chat on eventbrite and that's under friday live chat mental health and COVID-19. We start at 7 till 9 and there are various ways that you can take part. You can contact me by email and that's smithsharon66 at outlook.com and finally you can um, contact me on 07552 721 658. 
Do you want to give me that number again, please, Sharon? It's 07-552-721-658. All right, so I've put that up. I've put your information up in the um, chat. The chat Fantastic. So people can kind of um, tap into that. And just knowing that there's a lot of people out there that do need help. And us as a community, I, I call yourself. Um, I had uh, Reverend Shirley on the other day. And um, even um, and Darnell and myself, we all are a collective. And at the end of the day, by helping and tapping into what we have, we can. there's so much people out there that can be helped. So it's a matter of pulling together, of resources together. And really, we've got a lot of work to do. Right, Sharon? I absolutely agree. Mm. ISACAN is um, Yoruba for unity. So... It really is about not us not working in isolation. Mm. Um, it's about using the masses of resources that's in our community. Mm. So it's about us all getting together to solve or to make it easier for us, our older people, yeah. our younger people, everyone to cope during these uncertain times. Right. You see, so let's let's pull our resources and work together. Um, I will definitely be plugging your stuff online here as well, Perfect. Sharon. And um, yeah, talks on a Friday really, really good. And it's what I love about it as well is that it's a multicultural, so every anyone can join really. So Absolutely. it's open for everybody. So thank you so much for coming on today, Sharon. Thank you, guys. Okay. It's brilliant. Yeah, and we will definitely, we'll catch up soon. All right, my darling? Definitely. Thanks very much. All right, then I'll speak to you soon. I'll call you after. Okay. When I've finished, I'll give you a shout, okay? Wonderful. Okay. Take care soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so that's ISOCAN, mental health and well-being. And like we said, when it comes to our mental health, Lily mental health is our wealth mm. all right so we've really got to keep that some really good tips there as well i just like that the conversation is being had now i think that we've gone through such a it's upsetting to know that it's ha we're having this conversation now mm. because we've been forced into this our hand has been forced but as a community i do think it's true i do think i'm seeing evidence actually of people who still think oh no you're fine you know you, 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 there's no such thing as, as mental health. Mm. Um, but I think now it's even more evident that, you know, people can go and get help. Yeah, and that's that's the lovely thing about it, mm. is that uh, speaking to someone alleviates the stress. Mm. Going to someone, I think sometimes there's signposting and knowing where to go. Yeah. That is the trouble. I think what I've found personally mm. is the long waiting lists mm. you know you go to someone you go to your gp you say i feel this way all right that's fine they tra they refer you but you've got to wait yeah and wait and wait and wait for someone to contact you and for someone that wait is fine but others that they're in a crisis trigger, yeah. that is the worst thing to happen you you have to sit there and wait for someone to call you mm. to tell you that you are depressed and have an and um and anxious or, or dealing with anxiety and that 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 can push someone over the yeah, edge a bit like a pressure cooker mm. that that might be how someone might be feeling or mm. someone just is feeling a bit lonely and 
downtrodden that's another way that someone could be feeling yeah. so there's lots of elements that that make up the whole but there there are lots and lots of places that we can go to get the help i run um, develop a growth mindset courses where people can tap into that as well i'll mm. give you a bit more information a bit later um so it's a matter of knowing where to go where to get the help and knowing that there is help mm. out there in this time knowing that there is help out there at this time so and i i, th- I think as well that person that said that they was given those three choices i think even in those instances knowing that you can actually take that past management if you're not happy with i mean those aren't really options are they go and clean down dead bodies or Mm -hmm. go and take off pp of a nurse and assistant when you've been at home you've been working from home um i think it's also about knowing that if you are not comfortable um performing certain duties and certain tasks you need to know that there are others that you can speak to and mm. I know a lot of people think oh but I, you know if I have a grievance against my manager yeah. then you know but at the end of the day especially with the NHS at the moment they're very hot on this well well-being um but are they providing anything for well-being mm, they what do they do we have got a few things in place um, at work where mm. we've got you know rest and reset areas and stuff and then there are certain drop-in centres okay. and different things that you could do um, our head of nursing today was talking about the fact that she thinks that at the end of this everyone should get a wellbeing health check yeah I think um, so which Important. it would be nice but I don't think that it would be provided that's something I don't mm. think that would be provided but um, I do think that everyone I agree I think everyone needs a health check especially yeah. when even if you haven't been redeployed, your current work situation may be a bit more intense than it would have been out of this. Yeah, out in of a different this situation. situation. So we just, yeah, health check's really good. Mm. And I know that um, approaching certain companies and stuff for that, they say, oh, we got something in place. But yeah. are, the, are the workers really getting what they need? Do you get that that diffusing kind of, is that the right word to use, that where you can wind down yeah. and put leave work where work is leave it refreshed go home a lot of the time people don't don't get that do they I honestly don't think a lot of people realize that they're going through crisis Mm. because I think speaking for myself I now when I get into work have a very I feel like I'm quite mentally strong but when I get to work it's quite evident that I'm not because I have to as soon as I walk in the door I have to go and you know anxiety shows its its horrible head okay um and that is a, like Sharon was saying about knowing your triggers I don't know mm. what triggers that to be honest I've not really it's the subconscious and that's it. it is the subconscious mind a lot of people don't even possibly know mm. that they're suffering mm. with mental health issues or mm. you know so in that sense as well like Sharon said is knowing help. yourself yeah. knowing, knowing like sometimes I'm here and maybe I'm hungry. Mm. I feel I feel that in my tummy, but I'm just working. Mm. And you get past that, just so you just don't it. listen to your body, mm. and then your body's going to suffer for it later. So, really, it's a matter of knowing yourself and knowing what your triggers are, knowing what why you're feeling a certain way, 
and being able to go somewhere and speak about it. Yeah, and I think as well, even simple things as you've been working non-stop for the last year, a lot of people have literally been working non-stop for mm. the last year and have accumulated loads of leave and don't want to go on annual leave. But actually, your body needs it. Even yeah. if you're just going to be sitting around your house doing nothing, mm. you need to take a break. You need to be out of that environment. You need to be walk out on a Friday and don't come back for two weeks. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it sounds so simple, but that recharge is needed. Yeah, It really yeah. is needed. And we wouldn't normally do that. We would actually normally do that. But I guess where people are at home, they, don't want they may to. feel the need that they don't. Yeah. But even drawing yourself away and, I mean, we can't change the environment in the sense of that we can't travel anywhere. Yeah. But go for a nice long walk somewhere. Mm. There must be nice parks or places that people can go in order just to go and, well, not five miles five miles out of your jurisdiction, <laughs> you know, but, yeah, somewhere to go that you can just clear your head. Yeah. Clear your head. I go the other day and went for a love, beautiful walk. Mm-hmm. Just on the hill you look out and every day is different as well. That's what's so beautiful about it. Mm. So try and get out, beautiful people. Taking that, breathing that good ass prana and just reset zero zero zero. Yeah. See you in five. Auch in Deutschland hören wir All Flavors Radio. Die beste Musik rund um die Uhr. All Flavors Radio plays what you want to hear when you want to hear it 24 7. Have you ever wondered what therapy is and how it can help with our mental well being? To find out more, please join me. Every week on the Wednesday for the Wednesday Wellbeing Show, 9pm to 11pm on All Flavors Radio with Darnell, the therapist. Hi, I am Wimbo and this is Naturally Lily. Join us every Tuesday evening between 6 and 8 for the Drive Time Radio Show. Where we talk about things that are for us, by us, on current events and matters of the heart. All Flavors Radio. See you in the chat room. This is a very important health message. My name is Errol McKellar, MBE. I am a prostate cancer survivor and founder of the charity, the Errol McKellar Foundation. Do you know that over 47,000 men a year are diagnosed with prostate cancer? Do you also know that over 11,000 men also die of prostate cancer? That means that one man will die every 45 minutes. Do you also know that one in eight European men will die of prostate cancer? But more frighteningly, that one in four Afro-Caribbean men will die of prostate cancer. But the truth is, Prostate cancer doesn't care about your color. Prostate cancer doesn't care about your wealth. Prostate cancer doesn't care about you. What prostate cancer will do if you ignore it, it will kill you. At the Errol McKellar Foundation, our aims and mission is to talk with as many men and their partners as possible to ensure they are fully aware of the dangers posed by prostate cancer, recognizing potential symptoms and know about the available tests and information. We want to stop men from dying through ignorance and fear. For more details, please visit www theerylmckellarfoundation.com or email temf2018 at gmail.com please remember that health is your wealth all flavors radio the best music from around the world now here comes the music mm-hmm. okay sounds of evelyn champagne king there and Lily, we do not have that much time left to go. Today is what, the 15th? Oh, no, the 16th. 
look at that, that board up there. So the week beginning the 15th. So it's the 16th of February 2021. Time is ticking very swiftly, isn't it? It's going very, very fast. And yeah. Halfway through the month, or we almost finished the month. Yeah, well, yeah, because there's only 28 days. Yeah. In February. Yeah, it's not a leap year. Ah, uh, it's not a leap year. So girls, <laughs> so you, can't, so girls you can't propose to your, your men out there. We oh. had that question last week. <laughs> oh, a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? I have a question <laughs> for the listeners. Okay, what's the question, Lily? Should a parent mm. read their child's diary? Interesting. <laughs> Isn't the diary meant to be, like, private, dependent on the diary that it is? Yeah. So should a parent... So I'm watching something and or watching a program and the dad um had I think she's fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, um, young daughter and he was concerned about her, you know, growing up, having boyfriends, dating, stuff like that. And his wife caught him in her bedroom <laughs> reading his daughter's diary. So I thought, Oh, I've got two daughters. Is a parent is it a parent's right to read their child's diary? I don't think so, but uh, this is one thing with parents. We've got to trust our our parenting mm-hmm. and know that we've instilled good values in our children mm-hmm. that they will not let us down. Okay. Or no, not let us down. They won't let themselves Self down. Because yeah. they're not. We get hurt and upset if our if our youngsters make wrong choices. Yeah. And we all make wrong choices at times. But trust in your parenting that you've done the best to instill good values and truths and how to love and how to be caring in your young, young, your young offspring mm-hmm. that you shouldn't have to read their diary. That's my thought. I don't think I could anyway. I think I, if I saw something, <laughs> I'd be traumatised for life. But would you be traumatised or would you be vexed? But then you can't get vexed because you should be vexed at yourself for reading their diary. And then you've read something that made you vexed. But you're vexed now because you can't say anything to them because you read their diary. Well, no, I would approach if, if it was something that was detrimental. Yeah. Then, of course, you're going to. But then, like I said, you've got to trust. If they, if they say, Mum, I'm not doing this. And you, the, the best thing is just to get their friends around and see what their friends are like that's a good that's normally a good indicator yeah let that yeah i agree yeah i would prefer for their friends to be chilling at mine mm. than for them to just always be leaving the house and i don't know who their friends are i don't know where they are i don't know what they're doing because mm. um, I, I never understand that why parents don't know where they their young people are because they don't come home after school they're still on road of dead dirty Oops. uniform on hello mm. caller Hello. Hi, Natasha. How are you? Hi, Olivia. I'm good. How are you doing, my dear? I'm fine. Um, I was having a, a, a good chuckle at uh, the reading the child's diary. <laughs> why is um, that? Why, why is that? It's because, um, um, well, you're tempted, aren't you, to read your child's diary? I mean, my... Uh, Kai would never write a diary anyway uh, mm. in a hundred years, but um, I I think you are right where you should try and trust your child mm. in um, um, following a path. Yeah. 
But they're not going to always, uh, it just depends on their friends, really. I mean, we, um, parents can um, try their best as much as they can, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, um, children are going to just um, learn from their mistakes, hopefully. Mm. You know, and the other thing is uh, trying to tell them that, um, um, remember, um, you can always talk to, talk to me. Uh, I know you th I'm I'm the parent, but um, I'm always there. Or yeah, if you can't yeah. talk to me, talk to another adult. Yeah, yeah. It's not being approachable, isn't it? Being able yes, to, that's not true. To, to have that fear yeah. of God. Not oh gosh, if my mom ever found it. No, <laughs> <laughs> not that. But just you know, my mom will understand, mm. and I'm going to go and talk yeah. to her about it because, or my dad will understand, and I can go and talk to him about it. And I yeah. think parents not blowing it out of proportion. Mm. I mean, I, I, on one occasion, I recall when you, I got a bad call. Thank you, Olivia. Thanks for your call, my love. Sorry. No problem. Have a nice evening, guys. And you, you take care. Too. And you, Thank bye. you. Bye. Take care, hon. Um, yeah. And <clears throat> I think I got a call from the school. I flipped. I flipped. And you didn't even ask a question. <laughs> and this is the thing. Now, I'm going to disclaimer personal <laughs> opinion, okay? But I feel like as parents, before we ask questions, we make assumptions. Mm. So you hear you've got two children, you hear the baby cry, the older one done something to the baby. What did you do? Yeah. Why is she crying? You always make assumptions and we never ask questions. And we learnt this the other day, didn't we? Yeah. When um, there was an incident at, at uh, my older one school where she was given detention. And no one had actually spoken to the other child that was involved in this process. And me being myself, I went to the child and said, I'm, you know, I'm her mum. If she troubles you, make sure you come and speak to me. And after speaking to the young girl and her mum, actually, what the teacher said happened, it was Didn't. completely blown out of proportion. Yeah. Um, and that's the same as the conversation. When you got that phone call from my school, it was my school, yeah. <laughs> when you got that phone call from my school, Alicia chucked, a, I think it was a pencil case across the classroom and it lick up someone or something like that. That's not what happened. I wasn't even involved <laughs> in the altercation, okay. It was a Chinese girl in my class who never did no wrong. But because the teacher just saw trouble yeah. looking in my direction, my parents were called. Mm. And this is the problem. I just feel like it was just... <laughs> this is why we should look in the diary. Don't look no, in the diary, guys. don't look in the diary. What don't do you think? Diary. What do you think? 07895 134 Seven one three. Because you know, like that phone call from school, you could read mm. a sentence in that diary and be like, "What? I know. What does she think she's doing?" And actually, mm. you've—it's like a text message, isn't it? You might not have read it in how it was meant to be read. Between the words, seeing the mm. true full picture of it all. Mm. Now, I don't know if we have time to cover this topic here about that East London firefighter twenty-one going back to the mental health um, that we've been speaking about tonight and being bullied at work mm. so he was bullied and discriminated against at work he was only 21 he apparently was suffering with depression because of the onslaught of it mm. and sadly he went on to go and take his life mm. now 
bullying at work, bullying anywhere, I don't feel is is right and is unacceptable. But how could he have possibly tackled it in another way? Because again, this is going back to men, you guys out there, a lot of you don't like to speak, a lot of you don't like to express yourselves. Mm. He probably found it quite difficult to express himself, so internalised a lot of the hurt and the pain and thus harmed himself. I also think this is where it goes back to us talking about good management, um, because I know he in the store in the article it said that his supervisor had sat with him at his nine monthly review and said he said everything was fine, mm. um, but then he's not had that much interaction with him as his um, trainee, yeah, and I feel like when you are being managed or or led by someone that person has to build a relationship with you because they have to know when you're on your good days on your Mm. off days when you're just taking the mick and from this is where i'm saying from personal experience she's not my direct manager but i've worked quite closely with this person for a long time and they won't just look at me and be like, you're right. And I'll be like, yeah, I'm fine. And they'll just leave mm. it at that. They will keep on asking until, I know you're not all right. What's yeah. going on? Yeah. What's going on? And it's because they know they know me as a person. And in this instance, I just feel like that that was completely missed. He's, he's, he had no relationship with, with Le- it was me, I'm not the thing. He had no relationship with his, his leader, mm. his and manager. So again, going back to wellness at work, and having somewhere, you said that you have dropping centres, mm. you have a place where you can possibly go and speak to somebody yeah. that wasn't available at this this station. Mm. And I mean, he said his mother's claimed that he felt isolated, bored, bored and unfulfilled while working at the station. So I they're mean, not giving him responsibility. Right. So he was basically not doing much, mm. perhaps. And um bored and unfulfilled that's quite interesting but the isolation I guess would would add would definitely be the catalyst to that right I am actually aware of someone going through something very similar Mm. at the moment and they've just started a new job um and they gave her the job you know and then now she's not being given any any responsibility because she's too young Oh, you're too you're too oh, young no. to take on the responsibility. But you've young. given her a job with loads of responsibility. Yeah. You've employed her to do that position, and that is really affecting this person. And I feel like when when you go for a recruitment process, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Everyone is entitled to their ideals of who they would like to fill a position. But if you have ultimately given that person the opportunity to play that role, mm. give them the responsibility. Give them at the same that time. responsibility at the same time, mm. Mm. and also did the people that he's working with maybe they haven't picked up on the fact that he was depressed. But if someone did, do they have like an employee assistance program where if he didn't want to speak to them directly? Just saying, do you know what, if you are feeling this way, this is induction stuff, you know, if you are feeling this way, we have this um, programme that you can speak to someone and blah, 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 blah. Mm, mm. It, it says that he didn't have that. No signposting. It said that he felt unsupported mm. and singled out in tasks. 
So he didn't have that support there. And again, this is going back to the mental health and well-being of, say if you're an employer or if you're being employed by someone, having somewhere to go. Or like you said, they're being signposted to somewhere where you can get the actual help. Mm. All right. So it's very it's sad. A, it's a very sad situation. Very sad. So bullying, it does happen in the workplace. If we feel that way as well, we need to be able to speak to someone. In his case, maybe it was the, I think it was the manager that he said it was part of the problem as well. Oh. So in that, in, that, in that case, then it's hard. You have nowhere to go. Mm. Hence, it's, it's just amounting, like it said, he was isolated. And that was a catalyst to the, the sad yeah. sort of demise of him. But, but Then thinking of it on the flip side, though, mm. if you are someone that's in a in a management position or you are supervising someone else or working alongside someone else Mm. could the way you are treating that person perhaps make them feel a type of way sometimes we have to evaluate the way we treat others i think um because we always think of it on the receiving end of oh if i'm being treated like this i need to know where i'm signposted but actually if you are working even at the same level as someone um do you lord it over them? Do you know what I mean? Do you make them feel like they're not, they don't belong, they're not yeah, welcome, or you're the newbie, I, I, I don't really know you sort of thing? Um, because subconsciously we can come across that way to some people. We need to take a step back and look at the people that we work with and think, do I come across as, as supportive and approachable? So kind of being self-reflective. Well, yeah. we, we are, that is something that we are encouraged to do, mm. whether we're a worker, whether we're an employee, is to be reflective in our practice. Mm. And that's something that I know that we learnt, sort of being reflective. How could you have done things better? How could you have done things, mm. you know, level up in that kind of sense? So self-reflection, just to see that you're going in the right way and that you're dealing with people, treating people in the right way mm. it, so that they don't feel down yeah because of the way that we've possibly spoken to them or the way that we've treated them mm. so this, this is a very good article that one young the young about the young firefighter and it's quite sad that through being bullied at work that he sadly lost his life so Lily time time is upon us and we've learned quite a lot tonight right we have we have so we spoke on Chad and the deployment of more soldiers there mm-hmm. as well as the mental health reform act yes was something that we looked that at hasn't been it? looked at since 1983 and they're realizing now that um a lot of black males are being detained and mm. they're actually going through a mental health crisis um so they're looking at making sure that they can't detain them in prison and they actually get them the, the needed health care that they yeah. need yeah as well as that, what was shocking with that article was the fact that they were detaining disabled and yeah. autistic. Yeah. So that was very shocking yeah. to me. So there's a, and that's, this is another thing, just a quick side point, that during this time period, a lot of disabled are being overlooked. Yeah. In many, many cases. Yeah. So there's good, when it comes to mental health and well-being, there are so many areas that we need to to be looking at so Mm. that everyone can come out with a a healthier mindset and have a good direction as opposed to being clouded and not knowing where to go. Mm. So this is where um, our services 
Sweet Mind is my company. Um, we have Darnell, the therapist. Mm-hmm. We have Sharon Isocan, um, mental health and wellbeing. That's just three. That um, Sharon and myself were in the same borough. We're in um, Haringey. Um, Darnell, are you south? I'm not sure where Darnell is, but um, you can you can check Darnell out tomorrow. He's on on a Wednesday evening from nine to eleven, and he does the wellbeing show. So check him out. As well as Charlie Muir will be on tomorrow as well. I'm shouting out everybody. Thank you so much for your time tonight. So, and really choosing all flavors to spend your evening with. Um, DJ Laro will follow me today from eight till ten, and DJ Mark Philogene will follow DJ Laro from ten to twelve. Lily, did you have something in there from the Think and Grow Rich? Um, it was about the subconscious mind. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> So it said that the subconscious, let me make sure I got the right paragraph. Um, The subconscious mind consists of a field of consciousness in which every impulse, impulse of thought that reaches the objective mind through any of the five senses is classified and recorded and from which thoughts may be recalled or withdrawn as letters may be taken from a filing cabinet. It receives and files sense impressions or thoughts regardless of their nature. You may voluntarily plant your subconscious mind, um, plant in your subconscious mind any planned thought or purpose which you desire to translate into its physical or monetary equivalent. Um, the subconscious mind acts first on the dominating desires which have been mixed with emotional feeling as such as faith. So the reason I focused on this was because um we was talking about mental health and sharon mentioned triggers triggers work off of our subconscious mind a lot of the time and um though we may not be focusing on the negative at that time we have at one point in time been in the situation that you're currently in and that's why you're being triggered and i think that's what um what makes it so important to be able to identify what your trigger is, like Sharon said. Mm. Um, Because if you know, say for example, if you know that traveling on the train at eight o'clock, by the time you get to work, you're gonna have an anxiety attack, then perhaps you need to have a conversation um, with your employer and let them know what is happening and let them know, do you know what? Is it possible to change change my start start time Mm. so I can come in a bit later or letting them know, do you know what, I've had to get off the train five times on the way here because I kept on having panic attacks on the train. Mm, so it's managing, and managing. Pro- managing, processing. Yeah. But also what we're feeding ourselves in a in a mental capacity as well. So things that we're reading perhaps. Yeah. Things that we're doing because that will sound down and the, whatever's at the, the forefront, mm-hmm. when we when we might even not, re- not even realise it because the subconscious works deeper mm-hmm. than, than the conscious just being co- we're conscious that we're here right mm-hmm. now so we know what's going on but when we kind of sat down and away from it the subconscious is working all the time yeah all is. the time so it's a matter of what we're feeding that mm. processing all that kind of stuff that goes on yeah that and again the our focus mm. because sometimes childhood issues sometimes things that people have done in the past have that effect yeah as well and even though we're not thinking about it it might still be something that drives us at the forefront of our 
of our lives without even realizing it. Yeah. So well, that's a whole other other show, yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Really? It's all about keeping the mind healthy. I mean, your your the main the majority of your filing, so to speak, mm. goes on when you when you sleep. Yeah. And I'm someone who sleeps with the television on, so what is playing in the background for example if you've got nice mellow music is it supporting that filing happen in a nice positive way mm. is it is it giving you that positive energy that helps that filing happening or is are you hearing um negative things in your subconscious when you are sleeping that is now feeding into your into your mind so even things as simple as that we try and put healthy things into our body food wise yeah we need to think about the same thing when it comes to our mental health absolutely absolutely so there's so, lots of food for thought there beautiful people thank you so much for joining us tonight and um please check out the schedules um i think tomorrow like i said charlie muir from seven to nine darnell from nine to eleven and then we have uh, John J.E. On, on Thursday, as well as Ninja Man Lloyd. And who else? It's DJ Slim has a show on Wednesday, as well as... Uh, Merv, I always say Merv, but it's DJ Caddy, as well as George Flavors Saturday. Oh, sorry. Um, my, uh, Mr. Fix-It on Friday. DJ Laro with the Late Night Blues. Check out the schedule, guys. Check out the schedule. And... Um, Yes, we are here every Tuesday. So tune in next week for a conversation, for chat. And who knows what we'll be speaking about next week. So all we have left to say, thank you so guys, so much, guys, for coming in. Chat room crew, the tuning crew, and everyone around the world. And all Lily and I have to say now is we will see you on, on the, the other side. side. Take care. Hi, I'm Eddie Saunders of the New Jersey Connection, and you're listening to Wimbo and Naturally Lively Drive Time Show on allflavorsradio.com. They got all the flavor, all the flavor. Keep it locked right here, and don't touch that dial. Please.